They say it's lonely at the top and whatever you do, you always gotta watch all the people around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Hopefully you got that bet in. If not, you're going to have to go to Podcast Arena and check us out because that's where all the uh, podcasts are put up right after the show. If you miss anything, if you want to go back and catch any of the bets, go back to Podcast Arena and you can find us there or on SportsMap where I'll be listing all types of plays. Again, I got Josh Jordan here, the one that oils those wheels that make sports map go welcome back to Moneyline espn 97.5 on a sunday morning we're here to um make that coffee get going on a spring forward sunday morning which i guess i was tired of seeing it get so dark so early i'm not a really a fan of that how about yourself yeah that part of it i'm fine i just hate the getting up early to go to work and it's still dark <laughs> that that one's no fun that always hurts yeah a little bit it feels even earlier but i don't know man it is a beautiful day so i'm excited we got nfl draft coming along i did want to bring this up it, you know drafts coming up in april and now they're kind of they don't know what they're going to do if the coronavirus thing continues to be a problem that you know are they going to have all these fans you know all in this area together but you know the nfl they want it to look hype they want to look awesome on tv they want to have a bunch of fans so they don't want to do that i mean and this is a big deal for vegas you know having the draft there so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that and i'm actually going during the draft so i have a personal stake in this i'm kind of curious you know well, how you things are going to you're immune <laughs> that's true that's fun i did see an article on like bro bible or something some doctor in europe is like the coronavirus seems to be susceptible to alcohol so drink a lot of hard liquor so i don't think there's actually any science behind that but i'm gonna do it just to be safe jerry how do you feel as far as all this are you worried about it at all uh do you feel because if you're thinking about crowds and breeding grounds for something as such, then what other place than beautiful Las Vegas? Yeah, I know. And it, it, it's people from all over the planet exactly. that go to Las Vegas. And in and out every week, you're getting yes. someone in there. And, I mean, it just – if there's anywhere that you can get it, it's there. So you're not really scared of it? Because I'm leaving uh, on the 18th of this month. In Are 10 you? Days. You're going to Vegas? March Madness. Co- <laughs> corona Madness. But – I just, I don't know what to think. I mean, there's, I mean, w- there's nothing you can really do, right? Just wash your hands, wipe down your seat on the airplane, and, and hope for the best. And you know, at least you know, in my situation, I have till the end of April to kind of see how this shakes out. If it gets worse, if it doesn't, you know, yours is coming up a little sooner than that. My, you made it sound like my deathbed's in front of me. You should have seen the way he, he just prayed, like my mom does when I live, Jerry. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jerry. Like, what, what, what in the world is going on here? So, let me. I just don't know what to do with this because now it's getting to these professional leagues, like the NHL. Mm-hmm. They came out and said that they're about to not allow media inside the locker rooms for the scare of it. Or how about the NBA? Yeah. And LeBron James' name is um, La Drama mm-hmm. James because 
They're talking about maybe NBA is going to be playing in empty stadiums or arenas soon as it, Italian soccer is doing that right now. Yeah, they're already doing that. As we speak, they're playing right now that slate's going on and there's empty stadiums. So how do you feel as far as does LeBron have a point or do we need to just man up a little bit? Do you think that the U.S. in general, and I hate to even be doing on the sports show, do you think we're on, on the right track or, or are you scared? I mean, what, what's going on in Josh Jordan's head here? Because you're the statistician. You're the calculated person here. For me, it's just, of course, we had to hear from LeBron, you know, and what's he going to do, threaten to not play? You know what I mean? I'm just like, he's the one guy that's spoken out about this. That's where I'm just sick of LeBron. I think he feels like he's the, you know, the mouthpiece for all things sports. Like he came out and trashed the Astros and, and Rob Manford for their punishment. And Oh, big surprise. You play for the Lakers. What other teams in that city, the Dodgers, that actually helps you with your fans. But when the whole China ordeal came right. out, he was the last one. Exactly. And that's my deal is it's like, you're going to threaten to not play. You know, I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, let the people that actually know science and know what's going on with this thing, let them make the call on how these things should work. Him threatening to play, it's irresponsible and it's just stupid. And it just shows you the ego on him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're the authority on, you know, dangerous viruses. You know, I'm not going to play. There are these things called television cameras, and millions of people are going to be watching those games, whether there's people in the stands or not. To me, it's like an ego thing. Like, oh, well, I'm not going out there to perform if people aren't coming to watch me. You know, screw you, LeBron. Just shut up and play basketball. Ooh, you remember that line, the shut up and dribble thing? Thing. But it just it's irresponsible to me. And I'm not somebody that thinks the coronavirus is the end of the world, but I am somebody that's like, let's let the people that do this professionally make these decisions, not basketball players. Now, what's your prediction here? And I hate to use that. What's uh what do you think ends up happening with this? Because I saw reports come out as far as in China and they had their lowest rate as far as the coronavirus. So you think, okay, something's working over there, but they literally lock people down. Yeah. And, I mean, if you were caught out in the streets, you were going to jail. I mean, they're locking you up. They so, don't mess around. Yeah, they China. weren't messing around, so they actually condemned it. They, they, they stopped it, and they said, okay, let's stop it here, and we're going to sp- stop the spreading of it. Whoever got it now, let's treat them, and let's stop it here. But in the U.S. right now, it's kind of just open game, and I see a couple of tweets you know, from people that say, hey, I just came back from Italy, and I, I just basically walked through. Yeah, they didn't even ask me any questions. They didn't even yeah. ask ask me any questions and then how about the one that goes up there and he's like man i feel fine i don't feel like doing anything extra did you have you been out of town blah blah, blah. no because you don't feel like doing the extra you know that guy's out there mm-hmm. as well so when does this problem stop or is it the media putting too much or, or or more emphasis on it and more scare into it because man these suckers out here that i saw a hundred dollar hand sanitizer going on amazon a hundred dollar yep. one i'm thinking you devils yeah no, I mean, it, the price gouging happens, but th- the thing that's crazy to me is toilet paper's flying off the shelves. Have you seen this? Like, all these HEBs, there's no... OJ bought up a whole yeah. aisle. I, I'm, like, the sanitizer, I get it, and I had to Google it. Like, why is everybody buying up all the toilet paper? And apparently, it's just kind of a, I'm afraid that my neighbor's stashing it all, so I need to get my own stash. And with toilet paper, you can also use it to blow your nose. You know, it has many uses. Some people say you can use it to make a mask, so... So people are going crazy and buying all this toilet paper. I find it a little strange. But the other thing I saw, too, is toilet paper takes up a lot of room physically. So it may look like a whole bunch of it's been bought, but it's just because of how big the size of it is. And when you see the shelves empty, it looks like more of it's gone than really is. But there is something to it, though. It's getting bought at an outrageous pace. On a beautiful day like this, 
Kids, if you're listening, go out there and rake the leaves. We're going yeah. old school leaves. No toilet paper needed. <laughs> this family will be just fine. But as for me, if this is one of my last shows, <laughs> um, we're going to need a fill-in. Andrew, you come over here. You're the gambling guy now, and we're going to need somebody that We'll can- get Trey. Trey doesn't work out like Andrew. We need somebody <laughs> buff back there. That's how we get the listens and the watches. We Come on. And nothing against Trey unless unless Trey's going to start working out. We need somebody buff. So the phone lines are open. If you can replace Jerry Bono's, you can take it with an S. I still got that account open, 713-780-3776. This might be my last show. Thoughts and prayers, Jerry. Thoughts and prayers. Nah, now, man, you'll be fine. Where do we go as far as earlier you talked about maybe Will Fuller replacements? And at this point, I think that anybody that has speed, yes, check. Okay, yeah, give him a helmet. Let's see if he can play in this or stay healthy, not play, because we know (laughs) Will Fuller can play. But what What do you think of Marquise Goodwin? I like him. You know, Longhorn, I believe. And so I, I watched him a little more than most. But he's a speed merchant just like Fuller. He's He's a good player. You know, not a great player, but he can kind of do that same type of thing that Will Fuller does. And I, I don't expect that he's going to be making $10 million a year. So maybe that's a an option that, you know, is a little more affordable. That that could make some sense. You know, you still have Kenny Stills again this year. But we know that there's something about Will Fuller that Deshaun trusts him. So, you know, I don't know if he'll have that right away with Goodwin. You know, they'll they'll give Fuller another chance this year. And. You know, it's funny for fantasy football, like Fuller would be a number two receiver if he played every game. But, you know, who lives in that world where Fuller plays every game? With those stats, sometimes he'll be a number one. Yeah. You've seen him. He's a he's a over a thousand for if you give him a 16 game sample, not his 16 game sample, right. but a 16 game sample. Then he throws up double-digit touchdowns over a 1,000 yards or, or close to, you know. He just happens to say he's that, that big play guy. So he might not have touchdowns for two games, and then he's going to bounce back with a, right. a three-piece, a two-piece, and then a one. So then he makes up for it. So overall, it just I, uh, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this every year. Well, what are the Texans' outlook? Well, O'Brien's going to hold them down. Will Fuller's injury status, that's one thing. But we got Watson. Yeah, that's always going to be the narrative that's got to change, and it's got to change now. But you can't do that whenever the guy in charge has got multiple positions and he's in charge. And we talked about it earlier. I think that he's going to run into the ground until eventually they come to a standpoint where they're like, "Hey, you got to go." But at that point, you've run Watson's career. Not to say it's over by any means. He's a young guy. But how much have you taken off of that? How much have you taken off of Hopkins? I mean. Think about that. You have a Watkins-Hopkins connection. Mm-hmm. You better make it work. And Hopkins is still out there eating. Even yep. with bad quarterbacks, he ate. Why can't he eat? I mean, it's just, what are they missing? A coach. Yeah, I think that's pretty. And a GM. You know, that guy that drafts players and, and trades for guys and doesn't actually coach them and have to yell at them at practice and then negotiate their contract with their agent. And it's a problem. And we talked about it earlier. Look, Zach Cunningham's got to get re-signed. Deshaun Watson's going to get a new deal. They have to sign Laramie Tunsil. You don't trade away two firsts and a second for a guy that you rent for one year or two. They have to get a long-term deal done with him. I just, if they don't, it's one of the biggest mistakes a GM has ever made if, if they end up having to let him walk. Don't let us walk. My biggest bet of the day. Next segment, ESPN 97.5. 
give nightmares to those who compete. Freddy Krueger walking on King Street. Confuse and lose, abuse and bruise the crews and choose to use my name wrong. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Before we even get going with this segment, let me give you a live bet to drop right now. We got the Houston Cougars against Memphis, and I'm going to go ahead and hit that first half under 57 and a half, and I'm going to tell you why. Houston defense, check this out. They're 12th in the nation in total score, third in field goal percentage, 11th in three-point percentage. And on the other side, you have a team that's first in field goal percentage, fifth in three-point field goal percentage. And then whenever you look up at the head-to-head matchups, I was waiting for a good spot in this game, and I think we found it here. If you look at the last three matchups in this uh, particular head-to-head matchup, 29-34 to has been the halftime average score with Houston getting 34. If you look at just the last matchup, Memphis was up 27-23 to at halftime. Two matchups ago, 36-26. That still puts you under. Go ahead and hit the under, as I believe that this game's to start off slow in a game that both teams um, uh, run at a slow pace, and that's what they've been known for. If you look at Houston in conference, the under is 12 and 5. 12 and 5, the Cougars in conference hit the under 57 and a half live right now in that game, and let's sweat it out together. I like it, my man. I had my, my bookie out putting in the bet just as we were talking right there, and it was pretty cool. We have the game on here in the studio, so we can kind of watch it and, and hope for some missed shots here, so we hit that under. Uh, the one thing I did want to get to, did you see that uh, Colin McHugh came out and talked about the uh, the Astro sign-stealing thing? You know, he signed with the Red Sox the other day. You know, Chris Sale's dealing with some injuries, so maybe they're getting a little insurance for him. Boy, this is just... Every single player now. And he's a pitcher. What does he have to apologize for? He said, you got to be willing to stick up for what you believe in and what you believe is right and, and what you believe is wrong. And I think a lot of guys on that team, including myself, are looking back now and wishing we'd been more brave in the moment as we thought we were beforehand. Look, look I get it. People are expecting players from the Astros to apologize. But... You're a pitcher. You know, you didn't you didn't engage in it. I, I'm just I'm just so tired of everybody so quickly caving on this thing. You know, I don't even think the Astros players should have apologized in the first place because you know what? All people said was, Oh, it's not good enough. We don't like your apology. Then what's the point? I got one for you. Who am I? It crushed me to learn about the stuff that went on when I was there. Whatever they ask, I would oblige. Because what was going on at the time was not okay. It just hurts. They want it back. I'll be true to whatever needs to be done. Ken Giles. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Get out of here. You better get out of here. Go punch yourself. Yeah, I know. Coming from Ken Giles. And if you want to go over to Sports Map, we have a we have a video on that. Just kind of a hit piece on Ken Giles. We did it with Joel, and I thought it was pretty funny. And look, we don't need to hear from you, Ken Giles. And he's saying, like, oh, he had no idea the cheating was going on. I love how Colin McHugh is apologizing for the cheating and saying that he wished he stepped up and was more brave in the moment. But Ken Giles is saying that he had no idea that any of this went on. And I think he's kind of leaning on the fact that he's a closer 
And he can be like, well, I was out in the, you know, the right field bullpen. I wouldn't have, you know, heard the trash cans banging, you know, down the hall next to the dugout because I was way out in the outfield. Okay. A lot of times those closers, though, just sit in the dugout until like the fifth or sixth inning, and then they go out to the bullpen knowing that they might get pulled into the game. So I find it kind of hard to believe that Ken Giles had no idea what was going on, and now he's offering to give up his World Series ring. And by the way, he was garbage in the World Series for the Astros. He was so terrible. A.J. Hinch used him twice, and after he he blew that second game, he never trusted him again for the rest of the series. He was a detriment to the Astros in that World Series against the Dodgers. He needs to throw, uh, give it to Paul Wall so he could put it in the World Series rings. Yeah. World Series rings video, because at this point, he doesn't deserve it then either. If you're going to talk down... Pick a side, be it, be truthful, whatever it is. You see everyone else being truthful. And don't say, man, there's bad and I will give it back. But hey, like, just be one side or the other. I just hate that. Again, this is something we're going to, it's going to give us content for radio. It's fantastic sure. because throughout the season, we're going to have those moments. We're going to have those, those bench clearings and, and you're going to have somebody get, you know, beamed a couple of times, maybe multiple times in the game that's in, that, that puts runners on base. And then we, we end up winning the game that way. That's the way it's going to happen this year. I think that it's going to eventually fade away if you can win. We say that all the time, winning cures all. I'm just ready to get past it. And let's get past it by this form. Someone that's getting past, I guess, worries when it comes to uh, money and job security. And Austin Eckler was able to secure both of those this week. Austin Eckler gets a four-year, $24.5 million contract extension, $15 million guaranteed. What do you say, Josh, and what says one Melvin Gordon? Man, it, it makes sense, right? Because Eckler was great, and he's going to be cheaper than Melvin Gordon will be. So that makes sense. What worries me a little bit, and it's you know I always kind of come back to fantasy football because that's my deal, but Phil Rivers checks down a lot. He throws a lot to his running backs and tight ends. So I wonder if Eckler is going to you know, get as many opportunities, you know, with passes thrown his way without Phillip Rivers running the offense. It could be Tyrod Taylor, you know, unless they – they sign one of these other quarterbacks or draft one. But I think it's a good move. Eckler would have been a guy I'd like to see You know, the Texans have. He's, he's versatile, and he doesn't cost a ton of money. And He's young. He's a good player. What does that say going forward for these guys that hold out and then they find replacements or guys that, hey, man, you're not really worth it. I'm, uh, you're a great player, but what sure. you're asking for, go ahead and walk. And if you see that happen for an Eckler and he got his shot, you got to remember, Eckler came off, I believe, a practice. He was an un, uh, undrafted free agent, right? Or and, and then, or I'm sorry, an undrafted rookie. And then he was like a practice guy for a while, special teams. Special teams, And yeah. then eventually came on up. And then when he got his shot as a full-time guy, he says that on his speech, whenever he got the contract extension, he thanked Gordon, basically, and said indirectly, that was what led him to teams saying, man, this guy can be a three-down back if needed. See, that's where you hit on it right there, three-down back. I think a lot of teams saw him as a great third-down back, you know, a guy that could catch passes and come in on passing downs, but they didn't know if he could hold up with all those touches. But he proved he could hold up this year when Melvin Gordon wasn't playing. So, yeah, that made him a lot of money. It's a four-year deal, $24.5 million. I mean, that's... That's not, you know, that's about right. You know, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Only $15 million guaranteed, so you can get out of it if you want to. I, I think it's a good move, and they are going to have to lean on the run this year because Rivers is not going to be there. It's a win-win situation because 
If you look at, dude, uh, an undrafted free agent in 2017, like I was saying, he only played 18% of the snaps before this last season because he was, like you said, a, a, a third down guy. Yeah, special teams. Uh, yeah. Special teams or, uh, you know, a second and long guy. Then Whatever the case is, he wasn't considered a workhorse guy, a guy that can lead your backfield. But you saw that change last year. 57% of the snaps, 1,550 all-purpose yards, 11 total touchdowns. Plug him in at a much cheaper price than what Gordon is asking for. Now Gordon has to find his spot, which there is a spot for Gordon out there because let's not forget what Gordon's been throughout his career. He has been, I mean, even you fantasy guys out there, Gordon's a guy that you would find, uh, what, maybe a, 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 a top of the second round guy, the back end of those top running yeah. backs. He would get in the end zone he would. consistently. He could catch the ball as well. He's a good player. You know the thing with Eckler is he's 24, so you know that they, they wow, get a, so I know so they get a young guy and, and Gordon's a little early, a little older than that going for his second contract. The thing with Gordon is he got a ton of touchdowns because of that offense he was in with the Chargers. They get a lot of rushing, a lot of receiving touchdowns in that system, and and that should continue to to some extent. That's the way the offense is designed. But a lot of people were talking about what about Melvin Gordon coming over, you know, to the Texans. First of all, he's going to probably cost too much money, so it's not going to happen. But the other thing, running backs on the Texans don't score a lot of touchdowns. Now, Deshaun Watson scores a lot of rushing touchdowns, but as far as the Texans go, that that's since Bill O'Brien's had this offense, you you typically don't see a lot of touchdowns out of the running back position. So, you know, for Gordon, probably wherever he goes, he's not going to score as much as he did with the Chargers. There'll be some regression, yeah. and I just hate it going forward because now you're seeing this, uh, the Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah. Zeke Elliott got lucky that there really, it really wasn't a guy to fall on in that roster. They, they, they were so not, I guess, underprepared for it that they just were saying, man, let's wait out. But you know how Jerry does it. Jerry Jones always waits to that holiday weekend, the last weekend before the NFL season. Then he goes on his, on his vacation and then he makes his, his, uh, his, whatever he decides to do, whether he pays Zeke Elliott or not. But other running backs, I would be scared to take that man. I'll sit. I'll hold out. I'll sit out four games because if there's a if there's any kind of guy that can play, if there's a, a James Conner mm-hmm. back there where the team's thinking we have a guy, we have a guy that can play, and then James Conner comes in and he has a good season. You're thinking, well, peace out, Le'Veon Bell. Good luck with the Jets. Look how quickly that's changed in the last few years. These big running back contracts, they're killing teams. Todd Gurley, he didn't even have a thousand rushing yards this year. And then you look at what Le'Veon Bell did. I mean, how quickly things change. And I think teams are gun-shy. They don't want to pay running backs that top-of-the-market deals because they can find replacements. You can go in the draft and grab a guy in the second or third round that can give you similar production. You don't have to tie up all your salary cap in a running back. So it's it's just the way it is, man. It has changed. They have devalued the running back position, and rightfully so. It's insane because growing up, it was all about running backs yeah. to me. That's the that's the football I grew up in, and then it slowly developed, I guess, to what people call it a passing league. But then you saw how many workhorse three down running backs are there that don't really go running back by committee hardly ever. It's tough to find that. It's a handful of them now, and that's why you got to pay them. Like the Zeke Elliott, for example, he doesn't really come off the field much, and that's why they ended up his rookie year. He wasn't really catching the ball much, and then as it as he's progressed, they get him more into catching the ball, getting him out into space, and that's what you're going to need. If you're a, quarter, a running back out there right now, 
Derrick Henry. I, I was just about to say, other than Derrick Henry, but you even see they try to get him out in the screen game sometimes too because they don't want to get him off the field. Right, and you got to think with he's going to command so much money. You know, could they possibly hit up Melvin Gordon to be like, how much less are you willing to take than Derrick Henry? And you know, maybe they come to an agreement. Let's talk Derrick Henry. No, let's talk Titans. No, let's talk Tom Brady. How do they all make sense together? We'll talk about it next. Moneyline ESPN ninety seven five. Now we tapping the brakes from off them corners that we be bending. And Volkswagen and Bonnevilles, Chevrolet's and Coopervilles. If you ain't got no rims, don't get no wood when you steal wheel. For real. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. If you want to go and take a ride with me, let's ride to the Jack Breslin Student Event Center, Michigan State, Ohio State. And I'm going to give you a bomb to drop on the bookie. And it goes like this Michigan State Spartans, Izzo, March. Yeah, that sounds great. When you throw them all together, you get a winner. And that's what we're going to find here. We find out that Ohio State, they struggle against the spread away. Three and six. And I think that they'll struggle again today. If we look at Ohio State, yeah, they're on a four-game win streak. But all four of those games, they were favored. If we look at the game that they last lost, they were an underdog. Today, they're an underdog as well. That game that they lost as an underdog, then they followed up with two wins as a favorite. The following game they lost... You guessed it right, as an underdog. As an underdog, I don't believe that they perform as well. Michigan State is going to beat them up today. They're going to beat them up good by double digits. Give me Michigan State minus the points. I hope you can get it at six, six and a half. By the hook, get it to six. I want it at two full possessions. That's all I want. That's all I want on a Sunday morning. A little bit of money, a little bit of dollars. And I know you want that as well. And I'll have some more for the rest of the show. Every segment, I'm dropping the rest of this uh, sheet that I have written out in front of me. Right now, we're sweating the under in the U of H game. And we got Man City money line. Let's keep going. Let's keep get some money because that's what we do here every single Sunday. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, Jerry Bo knows. Hey, we talked about Tom Brady. And we said, how does this all make sense? Why do the Titans and Brady, and why is Brady on the phone with Vrabel? What is going on here? Someone explain this to me. Someone explain these odds because Vegas has now moved the Titans as the second favorite team to land Tom Brady. I was going to say number 12, but I don't even know. I'm, does he change his number? We'll get into that later. But um, we got the Patriots at minus 120. To return to or the Titans at five to one. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. the The key date, what's going to tell us everything about this, is going to be March eighteenth. That is the day that the Patriots they have to get a deal done with Brady before then, and or or at least by then. And the reason why is if they don't, if they decide to go ahead and, and re-sign Tom after that, they're going to get thirteen and a half million into dead money from Brady's contract, and then they're going to have to pay Brady on top of that with his new deal. So that is going to you know, really hurt them with the salary cap. So that, that's going to be the day where if they don't get something done by then, 
I don't think he's staying. Like Belichick's not an idiot. He's not going to take on thirteen and a half million of dead money if he doesn't have to. He'll get the deal done before that. But it's interesting. Did you see where Robert Kraft came out and he reached out to Dana White, you know, and told him that like, hey, you know, I I really want Tom Brady back. You know, he's you know, it's you know, Brady hadn't come out and really talked about it, and Mr. Kraft has been pretty quiet publicly about this. Because remember, he said he wasn't going to interfere this time. You know, with Belichick kept Brady, then great. If not, then he wasn't going to you know get in the middle of it. But privately, you know, he's he's talking about how he wants Tom Brady back. Belichick had a, a phone call with Brady the other day. The reports were it didn't go great. So this is going to be really interesting here. And, and you brought up some names during the break who the Patriots might be looking for. And, and Andy Dalton might be one of the guys. That the they, Red the Rocket? The Red Rocket. Yeah, Katie's own. He might be somebody that the Belichick would consider He's going with. He's not a with. bad quarterback nope. because let's take Andy Dalton away from the Bengals, the Bungles, mm-hmm. and we don't know what could have been because even on the Bengals, he was able to throw down stats, and a lot of it was due to game script and them being down the majority of the time. But And they went to the playoffs several times. Yeah. Now let's go back to what you talked about, Kraft, and you said, you know, privately, and not very many things he kept privately. Yeah. As of late, but let's get past that. But – now private massage we're turning this is turning to a video game ish type of situation because now you're hearing what if now first you heard talks of Brady in the 49ers right. and then, a trade for Garoppolo how funny would that and, be and even before I had even heard of the trade though you heard just talks between the two and then I saw Shanahan come out and he kind of didn't ink Garoppolo as the quarterback of the future, which left a couple doors open. Mm -hmm. And then now, as we get further into this, now people are saying, what of a trade? Which, at this point, who gets the satisfaction out of this? Because we know that when Garoppolo was shipped off, Bilicek was mad because he, he wanted Garoppolo to be the guy of the future. Yep. So Kraft made a crafty decision, did the move. Which got, was the right move. They won a the Super right Bowl. Move. You, had, you had to get – plus you could get any kind of capital off of them. Plus Brady, from those reports that were coming out, didn't like having that shadow there for whatever reason. Right. Now, do you pay back? What if you get Garoppolo back? Does that silence one and make happy in uh, Bilicek? Kraft doesn't get what he wants if it goes to what you said, the point, but he gets a replacement, which they need a right now guy, not a guy they have to develop. A guy that in many systems, when you talk about developing a, a player, especially a quarterback, then you think about, well, okay, it's going to take some time. But how about developing a quarterback in the Patriot system with not having Brady there? Because it was easier to develop, let's say, Garoppolo whenever Brady was there to guide him. But say that Brady's not there, who's there to teach the Patriot way? It's going to be tough. It, now, Josh McDaniels, exact, I guess. And that's, I mean, who, and that's who, I mean, how, uh, that is who trained or, or guided Brady throughout. But you saw later towards the end of the career of, or, or, or later towards the tenure, and I'm calling it like it's, like it's as of old and he's not coming back there. But we saw towards the later stages of that relationship, Brady and McDaniels, they crash heads a lot. You know what I mean? and But then they came out and said, it's normal. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's football. But you saw Brady kind of like, I think just Brady got tired of this. He he was just so used to that system working. And again, who are the receivers, though? You throwing Garoppolo, who's catching the ball? 
That's the problem. And, and for Tom, he took under market deals for years so that they could, you know, they could go get other players to improve the team. And a lot of the time, Belichick just sat on the money and they didn't do anything with it. So, you know, you worry a little bit. You know, if you're Tom, if you go back to the Patriots, are they going to surround you with with any talent? You know, remember when they got Brandon Cooks a few years ago, and Brady actually was very successful with the deep ball. And lately, you know, not so much. They don't do it as much. He was actually top ten as a deep ball thrower according to Pro Football uh, 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 PFT. Uh, anyway, so. He was top 10 as far as deep ball. So was Jameis Winston. There's talk that what about if he went to Tampa or something like that? Everybody's already – it's uh, pro football focus is what I was thinking of. But a lot of people don't think Tom could be in that system with the Bucks because they push the ball down the field so much. But if you actually look at the numbers, Brady's actually a pretty good deep ball thrower. They just didn't do a whole lot of it last year. And why would they? Edelman was their best receiver. And he's, a, you know, he's an intermediate slot guy. Now, odds are put on everything – if not Tom Brady, which quarterback will start for the New England Patriots in week one? Leading the way is Teddy Bridgewater at plus 300, followed by Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, their Red Rocket, and Andy Dalton at 6-1, to one, and Jarrett Stidham at 7-1, to one, yeah. and Derek Carr at 8-1, Garoppolo 10-1. to one. We'll stop it there. Man. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think Brady is going to go back to the Patriots, but I think it'd be kind of fun to see him go somewhere else. I do. I want to see it. I want to see a shakeup. I want to see what happens with the Patriots without him. I want to. Uh, not that we're going to get the answer, the definitive answer that we've been looking for years, but I want to see: is it a Brady? Is it a Belichick thing? What was it? Yeah, we're getting a little bit of older of a Brady and asking him to learn the system and say he fails wherever he goes. It's it'd be harsh to say, well, it was Belichick then, or if it's vice versa. And 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 let's say Brady goes and and gets into an offense that he does have success, and then you look at Belichick and say that the Patriots are terrible. Then it'd be kind of bad to say that, but it'd make more sense on the Belichick, uh, you know, to to put blame on Belichick that Brady was the guy if Belichick last say eight to ten more years as a coach and does and get it to work out ever again, then there might be a little bit of a question, and we might get a little bit of an answer of what we've been looking for. You know, there's always been that question, is it a Brady, is it a Belichick thing? Uh, Me, I think it's a Brady thing. You know, I think, don't get me wrong, I think Belichick's a great coach, but, you know, it's not like he calls plays. You know, he he runs the defense, but he's, you know, to me it's more on Tom. And and looking at – you know, some of those, what was the Super Bowl against the, the Eagles where they gave up a bajillion points? And, you know, even Tom threw for over 500 yards and they still lost the game. So, you know, I, to me, it's more Tom. And I think that's where Tom and Belichick don't get along. I don't think Tom feels like Belichick is, it's, you know, gives him the respect that he deserves. I remember Tom did an interview a couple of years ago where they asked him, you know, like, you know, do you feel like, you know, you're appreciated, you know, by everybody with the Patriots. And he actually said no comment in the interview. So that speaks volumes right there that and, – and we know that Kraft loves him. You know, he treats him like a family member. So he's not talking about Kraft as far as getting his proper respect. He's talking about Belichick. And you mentioned the Garoppolo thing, why did, Brady didn't like having him there. It was reported that Belichick – he loved Garoppolo and, you know, was, you know he treated was him way better than Tom. He yeah. didn't want to be in this position that he is in right now where the cards are finally not in his hand. Right. Right. Usually they go into drafts with everything in their favor where they'll trade, trade back right. and then compile picks and then make you make a bad move or or get rid of a player, make you take a player that he knows is is washed up or, yep. or not worth what he is at that moment and then get him back from you for cheaper. <laughs> yeah. He's used to doing that for once.
his, he didn't plan for in the future correctly. But not because he didn't want to, because Belichick wanted to have Brady. It's because the dominoes didn't fall that way. Belichick, or Brady played on a team-friendly deal for forever. Now it's getting towards the end. The winning has ran out. Winning cures all. We talk about that all. One question for you. If Brady was the quarterback of the 49ers in this Super Bowl with that lead in the fourth quarter against Patrick Mahomes, do you think they win? Brady would have slept that game, and that's all I know. You ask yourself another question. What's an easier offense to play in, though, on Garoppolo's aspect? Is it an easier offense to play for Shanahan, or is it harder to go and play in a Belichick-type offense? Because, And this is aside from Brady. What's to say that Garoppolo is going to make it happen anywhere else if he couldn't make it in a in a quarterback friendly offense that is in hand, the one that dumps the ball, one that uses short passes, he couldn't make it work in that with a big big defense, and he still couldn't make it work in that running game. In a running game, and you still couldn't make it work. We're going to make it work for fifteen minutes here. Let's go to Bolivia real quick. Strongest. We got to get out of here. My producer's looking at me and he says, Jerry, don't drop the over three. But I dropped it. The strongest. Over three. Bolivia. Next. Moneyline ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by my bookie live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan Welcome into the last segment of Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday. Before we let you go, get you uh, off to your barbecues, off to a little bit of drinking, a little bit of celebrating the Roughnecks and we're going to talk just that. But first, let me get to my man Lamont over on Twitter, and he says, I don't see Brady in Nashville, not because of him, but of his model wife. I can't see her in Hicksville, USA. Giselle running around in Nashville. I don't see that as well. Feels like the narrative changes with Brady outside of Randy Moss. Brady made all those receivers in their Super Bowl appearances. Now we're all saying it's the talent around him. No, I completely agree with that. I, it's crazy that you know, arguably the best football player ever doesn't get as much credit as I, I think he deserves. I mean, you remember Dion Branch, you know, leaving the Patriots and going to the Seattle. Troy Brown. Yeah, I mean, so many of these receivers, they, they don't do a whole lot after they're with Tom Brady. It, it's Brady. And, and that season with Randy Moss was incredible, man. He had like 50 touchdowns that year. And that's why I think they keep trying to get this vertical route, as in let's find the Gordon. Let's give Gordon a chance. We need somebody. If we can get that magic, but if Gordon could be anything an eighth of what Randy Moss was, or let's draft Nikhil Harry. He seems like he can be that guy. It's not as easy as, as said and done. It's it's tough. It's hard to get that stretch guy, and it's got to be a guy that that is football smart, not only in the sense of, man, these guys are idiots, but football smart in the sense of that particular system. They've tried a few different things. You know, Antonio Brown, they tried that. And I don't know if you saw just recently, you know, Brady's been liking some of Antonio Brown's social media posts. You know, I almost wonder if, you know, Brady's trying to stay cool with them so maybe they can end up on the same team together, you know, assuming that Antonio Brown isn't suspended or anything like that and he's eligible to play. You know, remember we talked about it, the Brandon Cooks thing with Brady. You know, that was that worked out. And they tried Josh Gordon as well. I mean, they've done some other things, but 
just lately it hasn't worked out for him. And then you lose Gronk to retirement at the same time. And it was just a, you know, a recipe for disaster for the Patriots offense this year. Their offensive line wasn't very good, so they weren't able to run the ball. You know, Sony Michelle really regressed this past year. You know, they were relying on James White a lot more. I mean, everything around Brady, except for the defense, really fell off this year. And I don't think he's done. You know, a lot of people are writing him off. I'm I, not. I, I'm not, man. I think he's if you look at his numbers, they're not really that much worse, you know, than other seasons throughout the course of his career. So I think Tom has a lot to prove here. And and I always say this, you're going to miss him when he's gone. You know, like so many people are like, oh, I'm so sick of the Patriots being in the Super Bowl. I hate Tom Brady. I hate I hate seeing this. People used to say that about Peyton Manning. I miss watching Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play against each other. Those were must-see TV games. Until he went out there and diced them up in that season for the Broncos and what broke the record here in Houston. Yeah. Remember in that game, they, were, they had to stop the game and, and take the ball away. It, yeah, and I mean, think about how Peyton Manning looked in his last season. Remember the way he looked when he would throw a football? When Brock it, was starting to come in? Yes. You know, remember how, like, you're like, Man, I am seeing the regression right in front of my face. He is broken down. I don't see that with Tom yet. No, it's a completely different feel. And like you said, maybe Brady's setting himself up for the future. He did like a comment on Antonio Brown, and it's funny because I I, uh, I got a lot of, uh, I guess, retweets and likes off this because AB went out and said this week, anger and ego kicked my ass for about six months. I forgot about hard work and grace. Has success took a shot yet? And I said, that's the thought of everyone after blowing their income tax check. <laughs> Six months later, you forgot that ego kicked your ass, mm-hmm. and then you broke again. And that's exactly what this sounds like. But then Tom Brady went out and said, man, I'm going to like this. And I guess he's showing support for whatever case. When you think of, though, does the does the slipper fit the foot? Not so much of Giselle in the form of Nashville fitting that lovely foot that is. Mm-hmm. But the team... Look at what Brady would have. Running back, big one, Henry. If they resign him, yes. Which I think they will. A reunion with Deion Lewis. Yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. Antonio, or uh, I'm sorry, Brown. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Um, deep. Jonu Smith. Corey, tight end. Corey Davis. Corey David. I mean, he's got the pieces. And it's a good offensive. It's a better offensive line than he had last year. Now, they may, they may lose Conklin in free agency, one of their tackles. But either way, it's still a better offensive line than Wouldn't he Wouldn't that had. be something to have Brady in this division? Oh, man. It, That'd be crazy. They I, were in the AFC Championship I didn't even think about game. that, to be honest with yeah. y'all. Until right now, the whole time I've been talking about Titans and everything, that'd be weird to have Brady in this division. But think about, okay, does this open the door up for – other divisional winners in the Patriots division because we know that they've had a, a stranglehold on that. So now is it the year of the Brown or the Bills? I'm sorry, or the yeah, yeah because it's their time. And right? this is where we're going to find out if Brady does leave, and Belichick's going to have to put this together on the fly. Whether it's Andy Dalton or Mariota or whoever. If they don't win the division, because everybody points to that Matt Castle season, right? Like, oh, anybody can do it with the Patriots. Matt Castle, you know, he won all those games that one year. Well, was that a flash in the pan? You know, was that just a fluke? And by the way, there was a lot more talent, I think, on that, pa- that Patriots team back then. Oh, look how many Hall of Famers came right. off of that team. So, and or, now, will, or 2B Hall of Famers. And, you uh, got an, a broken down Edelman. You know, when he's healthy, he's still good. But, man, he's up there in age. And steroids will do that to you. They will. And, I mean, there's not a lot of offensive talent on that team. I just – I want him to go somewhere, though. I want I want turmoil. I want to see – 
I want to see a change because every year we've painted the Patriots, even when they lost players, they lose Gronk, they're still the favorites. You yeah. know, they were still the favorites. Are they still the favorites if he goes back? Yes. I mean, they're going to win that division. And I mean, keep in mind, the Patriots were a dropped Edelman pass away from basically being in the AFC Championship game again this year. I still wonder what happens if he catches that yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I think they all they needed was a field goal, and they were already at midfield. So I think they win that game. But, you know, we'll never know. But that's why I think it's a little overblown that, that Brady is, you know, that, that he's done. You know, you even hear Patriots fans even, you know, talking about that. And I'm just like... Guys, you get to the Super Bowl almost every year. You know, you're not going to make it every season. Ah, Tom. Yeah. What are you doing, Tom? Come on, Tommy. Yeah, it, it, it's spoiled. You get spoiled, and that's what happened here. And I want to see how many of these Patriot fans or newfound Patriot fans are going to be there 10 years from now. But we will have questions answered. Is it a Belichick thing? Because if he gets, let's say, an Andy Dalton, and he doesn't have to build a project from scratch, a new quarterback, and they go out there and say they're a 5-6-7 win team, Miss the playoffs even maybe. Say they do that multiple years. Mm-hmm. Then it starts becoming a question. It, it does. And then if, you know, I think the 49ers makes a lot of sense to me for Brady because they have George Kittle, right? So, you know, he threw to Gronk for so many years. And if anybody's similar to Gronk, it's Kittle. And Kittle's young. Now, I worry about you know, who's going to be the receivers a little bit, but he'd be in a fantastic run game. He'd have a good old line. Now the offense is going to be way different. The way the, you know, the Patriots offense is nothing like Shanahan's offense. You know, that, that West coast offense, we saw it a lot, you know, Texans fans with Kubiak and, and Shanahan was the OC here for a while. It, it's a different type of system. And if you, it makes you wonder, is Tom going to go learn that new system or is he going to bring what he does, you know, over to San Francisco, if that happened, I don't know. I'd probably just rely on what Tom can do and maybe kind of mix and match a little bit of both. But it'd be fun to watch, man. That's another piece of the equation. Does does the offensive coordinator or wherever he goes, and Shanahan is different because he coach and he's going to run that offense, right. but wherever he goes, does that coordinator take a step back and say, hey, you told me what you can do, but we showed you what we can do or what we can do. As in every single Sunday, we do it for two hours, and we did it for two hours today, and hopefully we drop you some winners we're in the middle of these games right now, and you're sweating. And we're going to sweat for the rest of the Sunday because I'm on Sports Map right after this. Signing off for the squad. We love you all. Thanks for the support. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, Jerry Bo Knows. Peace.